This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway today to support the show, get access to BSBOTs, ad-free episodes, our Discord, and much more. It's how we keep the show going for the last seven years and some odd months every single week. All right. Today on the show, we have our friend Jesse Marshall to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ever heard of them? Fun week for the Rangers. And also, Greg and I break down uh, what we consider a beatdown from the New York Rangers this week on other teams. So without further ado... Here's our good friend Mark Messier, and let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome. It's another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, the Rangers were a juggernaut. Say hello. I think think you should have to pass a test in order to do the self-checkout at grocery stores. I really do. Yeah. Is that true? There are some people that (laughs) are just fucking stupid with getting... I I understand we all uh, went through some shit during the pandemic, and some of us never want to talk to human beings again. And I respect that, Truly. I respect not talking but to the, I really do. The lack of common sense that I witness from time to time at the self-checkout, you got to be fucking kidding me with some of this shit. And I just, I want there to be rules. You're, you're, I want there to be rules. Could the Nashville Predators last night have they checked check themselves, themselves in? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> you're checking out, Ryan. They didn't arrive. I, listen, I know Romeosi was out. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I know they're playing uh, their backup goalie. I get it. I, but the, the National Predators are still professional. Fighting for a playoff team. spot, to, Ryan. For, to see, uh, sixth, according to a, a website we used to look at, uh, or work for, rather. Well, uh, both comments today. are correct. And, I don't know if you really needed Don't, <laughs> don't know if you 1,000% needed to hey, qualify that one. Hey, I still, I still read Shana. That's true. Okay. I do, I do right. check Shana. Still read Shana. And our guest today, Jesse Marshall. Um, so on top of that, uh, things went very poorly for the Predators afterwards. And I, I saw some comments immediately. It was like, oh, you're beating up on AHL teams. My dudes, the Rangers have had scored 15 unanswered goals. If you today are sitting wherever you are and you're saying to yourself, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that with the New York Rangers. Sports are not for you. They're not. They're not. The Rangers have scored 15 unanswered goals. Two back-to-back games where they were absolutely dominant. So much so that they were able to get cardio in for entire periods. It's our beards they didn't have to play. It's our beards they didn't have to try. And if I have to sit here and say, well, what's wrong with the Rangers? What, 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 this is all without Ryan Lindgren. Greg's oh. getting texts during the show. He's getting two texts <laughs> I was just I put my phone down on this little table that I do the podcast on because I, like, yes. I actually... Well, no, it's like the checkout oh, station. I, I just, I was looking at the Rangers' schedule, and I was like, all right, I'm going to let Ryan finish this rant, and then I'm going to go on a rant. So yep. I need to remain, remind, remain on cue about what I'm ranting about. And I just put my phone down, and then and they weren't even texts; they were just stupid Instagram notifications. Anyway, uh, if you if you're complaining about the Rangers today and and the future, or if you talked about the boots trade anytime in the last forty eight hours, or mentioned Brett Howden in not, not a funny way, or something that Drury has traded, or a good road chart, like it's not for you. This is the, you are in the good times right now. We will talk about and be critical of the upcoming schedule. We talk about what it means to the Rangers, but you are in the good times right now. Everything is working. Would you like me to quickly? 
Or would you like to do your rant first, and then I can quickly go through how these goals went down? Well, let's let's easy. save the goal part because I we're, we're on a we're on a train of thought here. So let's stay on track. Ryan, if you had to guess, today is March twentieth. How many regulation losses do you think the Rangers have in the month of March? It's two, it and two? they came on the second and the fourth. Nice. Um, do you remember what the mood was like after that five three loss to the Senators and four two loss to the Bruins? I do. It was despair. It was. Is this team even good enough? This team needs to pick up its shit and uh-huh. find out who it was. Is Igor even the starter? Should we have a lock be the starter? Ryan, do you even remember? Like, go back one week. The mood in which the Rangers lost in overtime to Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I would say, at least in my opinion, it wasn't. No, no, but you, the not worst, you and I. Because I like, feel like you and I have just told people more often than not to just fucking relax this year. This team is awesome. <laughs> it's so good. And, and yes, I guess it was a little like, okay, Panarin can't be taking that. Too much too much east-west, not enough north-south, etc. It's almost like Ryan. Now, now but, we had Molly on the pod last week. We had uh, Vince on the pod the week before that. And both times, shortly after the trade deadline, both of them said, just need a couple, di- couple games here for this team to get in rhythm. Give them some time, and they'll get there. And it was almost like, well, how come it hasn't happened yet? It's been two games. And it's just like, so the Rangers... Review the narratives going into this week. The Rangers. I, I think there are more tweets about how the Rangers could potentially fall out of the number three spot in the Metro than there were discussions about oh, the Rangers I, moving up. I would like to go on record and say that would that was never happening. Oh, okay. I'd like to go on you, record. You tell Hockey Statminer. I saw the tweets. Um, okay. The narrative okay. was there. The Rangers were playing a resurgent Washington team who had been looking good despite making clearly sell-now moves at the trade deadline. They had this important two-game series with the Penguins, and they had a back-to-back yet again over the weekend that involved another team pushing for a playoff spot with Nashville. It seemed doom and gloom on the interwebs, Ryan. It didn't seem good. So what do the New York Rangers do? Well, suddenly. Uh, The 5-3 scoreline in Washington is not a reflection of how that game went. The Rangers dominated that entire game. They (laughs) outscored the Penguins and the the, the Predators by a combined score of 17 to 2. 17 to 2. <laughs> we call that a Philadelphia <laughs> Flyer special. Oh my goodness. And just just to recap like how these games went cuz I think it's important. Mika Zibanejad starts Mika uh, March is a real thing. I saw the chart speaking of hockey stat miner. He posted goals by month and I think Mika has uh, was it like 47 goals or some shit and 42 goals in March. It's it is ridiculous in 2019. And Mika starts starts it off, goes right to a Panarin right before the end of the period. And it's like 2-0. I start thinking to myself, like, 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in hockey. This could still be a game. Uh, it wasn't. Vladimir Tarasenko, Chris Kreider, Jacob Truba off a helmet. And then Artemi Panarin again. And, and this is, like, before that, like, four minutes left in the second. And then he just skates circles around the pens in the, in the, in the third. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a back-to-back tomorrow. There's going to be a letdown game. So much so... That I even privately in text to my friend, our friend Dan, rather, and also in our chat, the insider channel, is like, may I, you know, I just wish there was more time between the Nashville game and the Penguins game because I'd like to so like you don't get six zero wins versus the Penguins very often. You, I'd like to soak in this. I'd like to take this, uh, enjoy this hot tub session, and just really say, man, I can't believe the Pittsburgh Penguin demise came at our hands, and it all started this week when we kicked uh-huh. their ass for the most part. And I was like, all right, well, the Nashville Predators, I guess it could be a letdown. Greg, 
in the first period <laughs> by by 13 minutes and 36 seconds into the first period the rangers won or were leading 6 nothing 6 nothing philip Hedl puts himself and the puck into the net then in the span of from 722 in the first to 10 minutes and 1 second the rangers score zabinajad mott miller panarin and miller again Three minutes later. And Keiondre Miller had the highest game score of the entire season in the whole NHL last night. I mean, it doesn't get better. I do think, I I think on Saturday and Sunday, I got the first two goal notifications before I got the game and started notification. Which, it felt fitting, considering that neither the Penguins or the Predators seemed to know the game had started. No clue. They had no clue. And uh, Phil... Filipino who had been on, I believe, a 18 Oh, he, I, he, he just embarrassed week. the Predators, which, God, love to see it. He scored he himself. So I'm surprised he didn't score twice. Yeah, me too. And Mott, by the way, has uh, been quite good himself at scoring all of a sudden, which is something we did not expect. Keandre Miller took over this game, and, and I can't believe I can tell you this. All of this was done without Ryan Lindgren. Uh, yeah, Literally two shout-outs without Lindgren. But, Ryan, the real question here, I can't believe you haven't asked it yet. That's 13 goals in the last two games, none scored by Patrick Kane. Bust question mark? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, but Ryan, now the narrative, you have to, we have to ask the question, do they have too much talent? (laughs) Are we doing the James Hart, like the Golden State Warriors thing? Hey, only one ball. (laughs) Only one ball. Only one puck. It's it's all all I'm saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. I really don't know how you can come away from this week. It is funny when you look at it. I mean, you look at the Penguins game, and there's Kane only has one point. Oh no! Well, no, but the no goals, Ryan. (laughs) He was. I was told he would come scoring when he got here. All right, just because everyone else is scoring, I'm just saying. But yeah, I don't, Ryan. I don't know. Lafreniere Lafreniere was picked first overall, and I'm looking here. Right, I I, I don't know. Eight possible points this week. The Rangers got all eight. They've closed the gap on the Devils and the Hurricanes. They have two games against the Hurricanes this week. They got seven of eight because they lost. The yeah, I don't count. Again, this uh, week starts on Monday. Are you one of the okay. weirdos who says the week starts on Sunday? Week no, starts I think on you're Monday. Right. It does start on Monday. Clear. Our podcast week definitely starts on Monday. So during yes. the podcast week, <laughs> okay, okay, good yeah, here we are talking here on Monday. Since the last time we talked, the Rangers, out of a possible eight points, got eight points. That would represent a week. Is it, that how? That's how days work. Next, I'll teach you months. Fine. Uh, Fine. <laughs> still, like, I, I don't know. The, everything's coming up, Rangers. Like it, This isn't an I told you so from either of us. It's simply that sometimes people f- routinely forget that these guys are human beings. They're not just hockey players. And it's not just like... Flipping a switch when someone arrives new. I got news for you. Yoannis Cespedes, when the Mets acquired him in 2015, didn't hit a home run in his first three games. As hard as that is to believe, because he hit 40 of them when he got here. But, yeah, some guys take some time (laughs) to get used to their surroundings. And we told you, once this Ranger team got comfortable with each other, and, again, this is comfortable without Ryan Lindgren, which means there is another level for this team to find. There's there's more. That's the sickening part, Gregory. There's literally more to yeah. go. Like how 
How could you not be? You are in the good times right now, and if you are not enjoying it, uh, it is not for you. I just Sports are not for you. going to pitch this year, so I don't know about it being the good times. Uh, I, I, I figured we'd do Greg's like, misery yeah, fair, corner at the end fair. of the show. I Honestly, as we were talking, <laughs> this first 11 minutes we've been talking, I forgot that it happened, and I just remembered it right now. Um Great. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure it happens like at a timer. <laughs> oh, no, it's like 647? Like, yeah, oh, that checks out, it. Greg. You should think about this now. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, um, yeah, no, the Rangers are pretty good. Yeah, we'll do the misery quarter. I don't know. I don't, the show. Igor, haven't heard any complaints about him recently. He's looked some of his – he's played some of his best hockey that we've seen him play. Can we do a segment? Well, well I, this is a fun I segment. Just, this is called- okay, name the segment, and then I'll see if it aligns with what I was going to do. I haven't heard any complaints oh, about yeah, this no, guy. Perfect. Recently. Igor Shosturkin, top of the list, uh, <laughs> playing great fucking hockey. I know we say it during our interview, but it's worth repeating right now, especially since you're the one who said it and you're a big time motherfucking hater. Jacob Truba, probably playing his best hockey he's ever played as a New York Ranger as we sit here. I'm, I'm not a Jacob Truba lover, but I am a Jacob Truba defender. And. The, I've not heard one person in weeks say a goddamn bad yep. word about Jacob Truba. Um, <laughs> not one. Haven't heard not a lot of people. Have, and I couldn't Haven't heard a lot of people months. say anything about Nico Mikola recently. Have even Capo Caco. I haven't heard. Barely heard anything about him. It's not like he's lighting it up, but he's awesome out there. Every single every single time he has the puck on the boards, he's like untakeable off the puck. He's a. Yeah, been a lot uh, the of only uh, only one I've been heard, and it's I think it's just because MSG needed like something to be like to get excited about the next time he scored. Is I feel like MSG was going out of their way to remind us how many games it's been since Philip Heedle had scored, and we know with Heedle that they just come in bunches, which is fine when you're getting second. He's the secondary scorer. If you're relying on Phil Heedle to put the puck in the back of the net, it's likely going to be a bad time. But when he's your secondary scorer. Things tend to be good. And Ryan, boy, when Mika Zibanejad is putting him in the back of the net as often as he is, it's almost like you don't care if Filipino goes 18 games without scoring a goal. And not one person complained about it because Mika March is just that strong. It's just that strong. Where it's like, I, I expect Mika Zibanejad uh, to score every night. And it's not unreasonable. That's how crazy it is. Does, when when it's all said, when it's all said and done, is Mika Zibanejad the New York Rangers all-time leader in goals? Don't see how he's not. Because again, seven more so years seven after years, this one. Seven years less. Uh, yeah, right I'll look at the New York Rangers all time. I was thinking about it. Like speaking, last time I heard a complaint about this guy's segment, I, I can't even remember the last time anybody even mentioned Brady Schneider, and he is a significant piece and maybe one of the better defenders on this team. It's so funny just to think about. No one's complained about Berkeley Goodrow. Just haven't seen. All right, it. so the all-time leader is Rod Gilbert at four oh six. Yeah, makes sense. he was here forever. He was really mm-hmm. good. Mika Zibanejad as a New York Ranger. Okay. Come on, hockey reference. You can do it, baby. You you could do it, hockey. Two oh two. I believe in you. So he has to essentially double what he's done at this point. But again, seven years to do it, and he, that's two hundred. This is his seventh year as a New York Ranger, and he's at two oh two. I think he'll get close. I think he'll get close. It's going to be pretty unsustainable. Probably I do like how you said there's no question before I gave you numbers. I'm just call, calling yeah. you out immediately. Isn't it funny when you – what? that's cool. Isn't it funny how when you get information, you can make informed decisions? So, <laughs> Kreider right now, 261 is do my own six. Research. I'm confident Mika will be ahead of Kreider 
It's, I don't know. One of one of them's going to do it. I think. I just because one of the things these guys do well, they they do things that age well. Kreider goal front presence. It, it, it'd be one thing if Kreider's goals were coming off the rush, and we know he has great speed. We'd expect that speed at some point to start deteriorating. But Chris Kreider is a dirty area goal scorer. A lot of his goals come from net front presence. That doesn't go away. Mika Zibanejad on the power play. We've seen with elite goal scorers like Alexander Ovechkin, which I think we can call Mika Zibanejad at this point in his career. That's not going to go away. So even when Zibanejad isn't your outright number one center in five years, and he can't do the things that he used to do that made him great, he's still going to put 20 in on the power play. That's true. Yeah, I'm not really worried about Mika's game, especially right now. I mean, every single March, I know he's guaranteed for like 20 goals. So it's as good as it gets. Do you want to talk about quickly the upcoming schedule and the chance that the Rangers can actually win uh, this I don't division? want to. No. All right. Well, let, let's let's pocket this. They could actually win the division stuff because I do. Th- I I smelled this coming, and I do think that's that. I think is a reflection of us getting a little cocky about ourselves. After the big week that we had, which, by the way, allowed. We had a really big week. I think you're allowed to be somewhat cocky. The Rangers are currently... I wouldn't have this conversation unless they were playing the Hurricanes twice this Yeah, but the Hurricanes also have two games in hand. So even if the Rangers... I I don't know how you do the math. I always view any games in hands as wins. So in in my eyes, the Hurricanes are a comfortable 10 points ahead. So even if the Rangers win the two this week... It's still six. It's still that's six. A, that, that's three games. Yeah. At this point in the season, the Rangers only the have 12 are, games left. Like three games. This the isn't like, a, up, I don't right. expect the Hurricanes to go seven and a half and 17. Okay. So I, I think, right. I think the Rangers, their best shot. I mean, honestly, even the Devils, like, it's just, it's 12 games. Like the Rangers, yeah. They're playing hot. They're playing great. It's hard to imagine the Rangers taking a step back. But, like, I don't know. The Devils. It does It does seem a situation where it is, and what we've been talking about for months, where it's inevitably going to be. Yeah, and I think, I think the best way to do this is let's look at the Devils' remaining schedule. It's, oh God, the Devils. Like no, but the, the Devils' schedule. I think you're going to be offended by this walk that the Devils are doing. So they're off tonight. Home against the Wild. Uh-huh. Uh, back-to-back, back-to-back well, Friday, right Saturday, in Buffalo, home, Ottawa. Then road Islanders, two wins. home Rangers, road Blackhawks, road Jets. They're like... It's not the, it's not the easiest. They have, yeah, but against really playoff right teams now. outside the Rangers, they have... Like Boston, that Saturday game against Boston. Do we expect Boston to play anybody? They've, they, they're clinched. They're done. At some point, Boston's going to pull the real the reins in here. We'd imagine. I feel like that might be the last game Boston plays anybody potentially, and then they. The, I'm counting so the, the Wild, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Jets, and the Penguins. That's five playoff teams in the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Uh, I mean, Rangers got it pretty good. They have it pretty good at, at the home stretch here. If somehow the Rangers can get through Hurricanes, Hurricanes, it goes Panthers, Jackets, Devils. Okay. 
I mean, re really there, you, you can beat the Panthers. Devils is going to be a hard matchup no matter what. And then it's Sabres, Capitals, Lightning. Okay, again, there's two games you should win against Sabres and Capitals. Blues, Blue Jackets, Sabres. And then the 13th is a Monday with the Maple Leafs I think nobody would play. This week will be telling in my eyes about how high the Rangers can climb. Because, yes, the Hurricanes don't have Svechnikov. And, yes, you and I take an absolute shit on Carolina later on this show with our the friend Hurricanes. Jesse. Um, but Hurricanes are top dog for a reason. You have a home and home with them. And then the Panthers are red hot right now. Like, the Panthers are playing like a team determined. So, if the, this, if the Rangers can come away with five points this week, I think this is a different conversation on Monday. But I just – I don't think four out of six is enough for me to really think about – unless, again, unless the Devils just stop winning games. But to me, I, I, I think it's Devils-Rangers round one. And uh, if the Devils are scoring like this, I don't think Vitek Vanacek – is the man for the job. Let me put it that way. Rangers, but yes, uh, I agree with you. And I, I, it's funny because we come on this show every single week and usually there's something to critique. And I think this might be the first week in forever. I only have... Yeah, I right. Have no, they, no, they've, no uh, they've 17 to 2 in the said. last three games. What exactly are we supposed to critique? Things I, things I like. Zach Lowe always does that things I like, things I don't like situation. It's just like things I like. <laughs> I like Adam Fox in the power play for two minutes. I like that we rotate that. Seems like Patrick Kane plays really well with Trocek and Kreider. I really like because of Vinajad and Panera playing together. Seems like the kid line's coming back together well. Mott and the fourth line is very strong. Lindgren's coming back. Both goalies are playing high. Sam Rosen said, is there a mercy dude, that That's that, mean. Uh, when Grandpa <laughs> Sam's like, my God. Sam, dude, Sam uh, Rosen. Sam Rosen said, is God, there a mercy rule? That's, that is that, disgusting. Yeah, the Predators should probably be eliminated from the playoffs based on that alone. I, I will say this. I know we have like this don't talk about the summer until the summer rule. But boy. We do. Boy, if I had to choose, it's Terrace Sankle by a mile as the one I'd rather keep. Yeah, it is for me too. I I had someone ask me that this weekend. Which one you're doing? Well, is it possible to keep both? I mean, no. don't say no. It just might keep? not like how. No, you definitely will not like how. <laughs> the way the way they do it is a way you do not want to talk about. Uh, and unless, and this is what you should be rooting for: Leafs Rangers to go I as know, far as but possible. I love making fun of Leafs fans. Me too. Like, is it worth $3 million of cap space for me? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I really I don't know. The, would, would, uh, legitimate question. Would NHL fans add $3 million of cap space to their team for the Leafs to make it to the second round? Uh, I really think they'd say, I think they'd say I think no. That's, I think a yeah, lot of fans I'm would struggling with, with it them. right now, and I need the cap space. <laughs> God, the jokes are so good. And I just, oh, man. Oh, I will say this. Uh, a lot of times we love and agree with our good friend, Adam, etc. And I want to I wanna make a very clear point. I did flame him over the weekend on oh, accident. Boy, my bad, wow, rude. I do want to make a point that he makes a lot. I was listening to 32 Thoughts today. Um, and I do that occasionally. Try to get myself up to speed on what's going on in the NHL. Get educated with really actually yeah. smart hockey people. So yes. you would think, Ryan, a week in which the New York Rangers just outscored their opponents 17-2 over the last three games. Meanwhile, also took a dump all over the Pittsburgh Penguins and the hope they had to make the playoffs. Meanwhile, all while the Nashville Predators are pushing for a playoff spot, that naturally this would be a talking point on 32 Thoughts. Uh, the Rangers got brought up as a passing fancy, as a reason why the Predators might not make the playoffs. 
but no conversation at all about the Rangers themselves. And I really, I, I, I did an audible, huh? Interesting. Very interesting. It just, <laughs> I, I, can I, can I tell you why that Canadian likely hockey is? Podcast? Well, yes, but on top of that, it's so much easier to talk about. It's, it's actually challenging to say this team is so good. Because there's only so many ways to say. I, yeah, but so at the same, I would Whereas think it would get brought up on. the fact that the Rangers haven't given up a goal in fucking Are, six plus periods. I yeah, it seems like a story. Just my opinion. Yeah, they did. They <laughs> did a lot of. Um, they don't like the math with the Islanders, but they like the Islanders to make the playoffs. They didn't talk. Another thing they don't talk about is just they waved it off as well. That's just Lou when it was brought up that nobody knows what's going on with Matt Barzell. It's just like, you know, there are things you can talk about, and if you talk about it enough, you need, like, someone will feel responsible to get answers for. And it's just like, <laughs> like, imagine if the Mets didn't provide an Edwin Diaz update. And everyone just be like, it's week to week to week, man. <laughs> we'll see. And everyone was like, well, they said it's week to week. Can't possibly check on that anymore. Like, I, maybe it's been week to week for Barzell for months. Like, at some point, it's not week to week. It's something else. Yeah, you look at the standings when you talk about the Islanders making the playoffs. The current have 71 games played with 80 points. The Panthers have 69 games played with 77. And the Penguins have 69 with 78. So it is going to be a little close there. I, know. I felt, I felt like such a lame-o when I, you know, I like the Senators and I like the Sabres, but I said a couple weeks ago that I just expected to be the Islanders and the Penguins, and here we are. It's still just the Islanders and the Penguins. It is. The Panthers can catch up. They legitimately can. The Rangers can. drop another but 12 spot be... on them this weekend. That's true. They're 7-2-1 in the last. Yeah, the I, Sabres are just. Done. It's so Those crazy to, like, when you take the hot air balloon view of everything from high above, and people are like, you know, the Rangers are 8-2-1 in the last 11. And I was like, this is just not how we were talking about this hockey team 10 days ago. <laughs> no. There's so much doom and gloom. And this is a team that went, what was it, 19... 19- Three and two. I, or the something? Rangers stats and info right tweeted out that they have like this tied for the second best record in hockey since like December fifth. Like the Rangers have lost nine times cool. in regulation since <laughs> December fifth. This team is insane. Like, like sometimes I just look at the lines and go, "Am I? Is this real?" I'll stop myself in the middle of doing anything and be like, "It's uh-huh. never going to get better than this." <laughs> it's a, this is as strong as lineup we're yeah, as ever long as these going guys to don't have. Go play in the World Baseball There's no. Classic, you're right. It'll just never get better. <laughs> Can get hurt know, anywhere, Greg. Get hurt anywhere. I will say, do you want to do Doom and Gloom right now before five star? Yeah, let's do Doom. So and Gloom when it happened, I was obviously—I'm not a World Baseball Classic guy. I don't watch. I can't get invested. I, I'm like most Americans in that respect. This tournament's not for Americans, or at least like it's just not how we're brought up. I, outside of even the only Olympics, do I really care about like Olympics, U.S. World Cup for men's and women's for soccer. Do I ever go like rah rah red right and blue everything everything go team America? And to be clear, just before you get your opinion on it, I do think it's cool. I've watched zero. Yeah, seconds no, but I understand it. its importance. Like, and it also, mm-hmm. it, again, thinking about your professional athletes as people, it's important to them. So, like, if this, if Edwin Diaz, if it makes him more likely to pitch for the New York Mets, if he's allowed to pitch for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, I make that trade 10 times out of 10 because I need him on the Mets. Um, he could, 
it was such an innocuous injury. It's not even like it was Kendris Morales jumping on home plate or doing anything like that. Like they were, I just watched a weekend of college basketball of people doing more violent things with their knees. Not a single one of them blew out a patellar tendon. So like, it just, shit just happens. I didn't like, yeah, it felt like it could happen at any moment. Yeah. So while, while, while I was all anti, I did not like the conversation that happened. Then like I, I slept on it, woke up, was still depressed, but I wasn't, railing against the world baseball classic but it, it got it got borderline offensive with some of the people being like shut this shit down because they were saying it in words that you shouldn't be saying the people were saying the quiet part out loud uh, which i appreciate because now they've identified themselves in ways in which i don't have to take them seriously um but yeah i listen this is an important tournament it, it the, the baseball calendar is so long that there is no good time for this to happen I think I'd rather it happen in March than I would in July because I don't want my season to get interrupted. Like in March, if Edwin Diaz blows out his knee, I'm upset that I'm not going to see him pitch all year, but the Mets have time to make an adjustment. If he blew out his knee in July and the Mets were like 60 and 22 going into the world baseball classic break, you know, unhinged I would be. Oh, uh, no, yes. Actually, I've done this podcast with you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, so I, like... It's not my first time. I don't know. I did I, I did go to bed on uh, the night it happened, and I was like, well, the least baseball can do is give me Alexis Diaz. Like, they owe me a Diaz. The Mets should be given a Diaz because of this injury. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I do trade. Uh, I, I, I do feel for you, but then, like... You know, I saw Altuve. Altuve's hurt. I, and, other people uh, have come up hurt. Um, I mean, Nimmo got hurt in a spring training game. Spring training so it's, it's not too. even like, yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't know. A lot of Mets have a lot of injuries, but the beauty of it being March is that it's March. And if the Mets truly feel like they need a reliever, they can still go out and get one. Like, I'm not overly confident David Robertson go is going to have a 170 ERA and blow only two saves this year, but... No, I don't. You don't think so? At the same time, the (laughs) whole reason you sign a guy like David Robertson and trade for Brooks Raley and bring back Adam Adovino is like, in theory, the Mets should be able to handle one reliever not being available to them for a season. But, you know, Steve Cohen will also just, he will pluck a reliever off some other team if he truly needs one. I couldn't be less worried about your financial situation. I'd like some money for Jude Bellingham in Liverpool. Thank you. Um all right, let's. I'm not going to talk about FSG because I could do it for a very, very long time. Uh, let's do some five star questions. You want to leave a five star question on the show? You can join our Patreon, go to our Discord, go to the channel, leave it on the in the channel, and we'll read it on the show. That's how that works. Adam Furlong, this is a Bill Simmons question, which I really enjoy. Ryan has referenced Bill Simmons enough for me to know he'd presume he's probably somewhere, uh, someone whose content you've grown up with. I don't know if you're old enough to remember. Yep, these are my readers. I am indeed old enough for that. How old do people? If think you could we get are, him on the yeah. podcast to talk. We yeah, but also just like how like uh, he, so. he that wasn't something he, he started doing it in the '90s, but he continued doing it well throughout our college years. This is correct. Uh, I'm a gigantic Simmons fanboy. If you could get him on the podcast, talk hockey, would you do it? What questions would you want to ask him? Again, mostly about hockey. I he wouldn't talk. He about it. every now and then he <laughs> dabbles with the he, Bruins. He, it's just he's such a big Celtics fan that he's never going to give the Bruins that much time. But he's made it clear that he likes yeah, hockey. And he like. He did have King season tickets, like the years they yeah, won the well, cup. I mean, he's got Clippers he season tickets. Around. I think it's also a bit of a uh, what? What is it? Uh, prestige? Like a yeah? I, it's a prestige thing. Yeah, he sold Spotify. He's, he's so congratulations. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah. I I just have so many like sports media questions for Bill Simmons that I'm not sure I would actually want his take on Charlie McAvoy. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I would just I would like to take about sports media, and I, I think most of the questions he wouldn't answer would deflect. Yeah, I'd say most of our questions here. talking about it wouldn't be about the Bruins; it would be about the NHL in general and how they fumbled it in terms of marketing themselves and getting younger audiences invested into the game. I we do two hours with Simmons, Simmons would be on a that. Perfect person for that. Yes, he'd be perfect. It's yes. a perfect. So segment, to answer the question, I guess. I wouldn't ask him – I'd ask him one joking question about the Bruins, but for the most part it would be about how has the NBA gotten one place and NHL not been able to do the same, and is it a David Stern conspiracy? Yep. Uh, this is from Blue Gooner. Which two players not named Shesterkin or Fox will each reach new levels for the Rangers to make a serious cup run? Uh, Interesting. New levels? Uh, there, I mean, there's so many – you know what the you beautiful know, thing like, of this question, seen, Ryan? You, you know what the beautiful Keandre thing Miller? of this question? Oh, <laughs> Keandre Miller, the Rangers' most important skater, Keandre Miller. That I've been. Uh, no, the most beautiful part going. of this question <laughs> is uh, <laughs> the Rangers don't need anybody. That's how many good fucking dudes they have that's on this a, team. That's how. That's what you. If you've listened to this podcast, we've done this podcast for seven years and three months or some goddamn uh, forsaken number. Uh, there will never be as good of a vibe as this week. Like if you you could ask us every single week, what do the Rangers need? And this would be the first time in history I could tell you they don't need anything. They need everybody to perform yep. at, at base level. And going into the go playoffs last year, we were like the kids are going to have to step up. They really need the kids to do things in order for them to get the places they would want to go. You know what the Rangers need? I just don't need anyone to suck. Like just play at your factory setting level, and the New York Rangers should be able to get to an Eastern Conference Final. That is literally all I'm asking for. I don't need Nico Mikola to turn into fucking Ray Bork. I don't need Phil Heedle to turn into Marion Gabarik. I just need dudes to be themselves. Go out there and be you, baby. And that should be enough for the New York Rangers. <laughs> yeah, it's like play to your floor. The Rangers yeah, will be as long as someone doesn't inexplicably uh, suck, the Rangers are going to be A-OK. The, he answered a bunch of questions about uh, the EPL. Okay. But I'm gonna I, pass uh, the Southampton. Yeah, we got a point. Uh, Still in last place. Uh, Toaster Daddy, if if we want to get back, if we want to get to the pack. Sorry, if we want to, if we want to get back to the pastime of being petty, what do you think good recourse for the Penguins Airhorn at MSG would be? I say anytime Trubu lands a hit on a Pens player, we blast the Thomas the Tank Engine theme. <laughs> no. I generally find the Thomas Tank Engine theme rather enjoyable and funny. Uh, the idea of Jacob Trouba hitting uh, people to that theme kind of gets me tickled. I, I don't think we do. I don't anything. know. Okay, how do we? Because it's not a. It's not a. I do like the Thomas I, I like the it. Tank It's not a theme. petty thing, though. I do think, uh, um, like, if you wanted to be petty, dun, 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 what you have to do dun, dun, is just like Trouba highlights all the time in the arena, just nonstop Trouba, yeah, and just like hits on Penguin players because there are. A plenty. Can uh, at Maddie Jack please make that video? I know you have nothing going on. Uh, this is from Jets Rangers one. Was v- the VC extension this year's most underrated great move by Drury? Between his current play, his versatility, and his desire to be a Ranger, Ranger, and his realization and acceptance of our cup situation moving forward, IMO is a brilliant move. Maybe Kane or Vladdy might feel the same. Uh, when we when VC signed that extension, I was like baffled. Like, I, how did, on earth did he sign that? It makes sense that he wants to be there. He wants the security. But he is much more than what they gave him and the way he's the way he's played this year. Now, people have had good years before and then have gone back to regress to the mean. I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Jimmy Vc. But it, I, 
you asked if it's underrated. I don't think so. It's it's uh it's been properly phrased by Greg. Yeah, Hunt, under hard, underrated by definition would mean that it's a move the Rangers did that um we just don't talk about enough as something they should have done. And I, I I think the underrated move that the Rangers used to their advantage this year was probably promoting Julian Goche when they just they didn't really have to. And then you just you do do the math on it. Goche was good enough to stay in the lineup for a team that was playing well and then good enough to essentially be the piece you traded to get an important piece that will help the Rangers come playoff time in Tyler Mott. I would say that's the move we probably haven't given enough credence to in terms of it was a domino that led to other dominoes. Um, but I, I don't know. I like the Rangers haven't had a lot of underrated moves this year. Everything they've done has been pretty, pretty fucking loud. Like it, it's, it's not like, it's not like, Oh, that minor league signing they made that turned into yada, yada. It, nope. Just about every move they made. Like, I guess you could say signing VC to the PTO when they signed him, But like you said, we've been highlighting and focusing on VC all year that it's just a genius move. You don't have to give it a, 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 a requirement to call it underrated. Like a good move doesn't have to be underrated. To me, if we're going underrated, I think the Rangers promoting Gauthier, giving him the ice time, allowing him to play effective minutes and parlaying that into bringing back Tyler Mott. That's probably an underrated move. We don't talk enough about. I think, I think Kane will end up staying. Um, I think we've talked about this before. And Tarasenko is a maybe it's a hard, maybe. Uh, this is from Trinity of Misery. Kane is almost a point per play game they player since joining the team at this at the time, but his advanced stats are awful. Uh, how do you balance those two stats with the value of his impact? Just watch. This is this was before the all the, all the games. Just watch those games over. Just rewatch them. <laughs> uh, this is from David, and we will not answer this. Who are your top ten starting pitchers going to the MLB season? <laughs> David, this is an entire podcast. David, it's an entire uh, podcast. Sandy Alcantara, uh, and then a lot of other guys. Yep. A lot of other guys. I, I saw Jacob DeGrom finally made his spring debut the other day. Good for him. Congrats. Congrats to, congrats to Jacob. They're building something special down there. Uh, just, this is from Just Gypsy. Aside, uh, and aside from Larry's notebook today, which was a great read. That, that's my commentary, not his. Uh, has Schneider been the most right, underrated player on this roster? Yes. But no, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm so going to disagree with you. As well? Okay. I, again, I don't think there needs to be one. I, I, I just... Have we have we ever gone a podcast just to be like, <laughs> like just define underrated? I I think he's been a perfectly fine third pairing defenseman for a team that desperately needed I think a he's the perfectly least... fine third pairing defenseman. But I don't think he's been underrated. He's probably the least least talked about Ranger. Sure, because he's not playing a, mo- a, a, a critical role. And we get and now if you go back yeah. earlier in the year, we were giving him his flowers when Truba was struggling. And we were saying a whole reason why the Rangers should be able to take Truba out of the lineup to heal is because of how well Braden Schneider was playing. Yeah, I just, I, 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 uh, I'll, I'll be the guy. Like, just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean it is, it's underrated or not properly rated. I think people have properly given Braden Schneider the credit he's deserved this year. And I've seen some charts that don't like him, to which I say, these are why I just, like, I understand that charts are supposed to take into account for who a player is playing with and the impact their teammates have on the ice. But I just, 
I know Braden Schneider changes his game depending on who his bottom pairing defensive partner is. And he plays a different way with a guy like Hayek than he does with Harper, than he does with, you just go down the Zach Jones. Like, his numbers are going to look worse because he's trying to make up for what other guys can't do when he's out there. And he's finally, I think when once Lindgren comes back and we're able to put Mikola back down, I think it's going to be just, like, the eyes are going to open wide when the Rangers finally have three defensive pairings that you just don't have to fucking worry about. Yep. Uh, Adam, I'm skipping your second question. Billy Ratz, who from the current team and core players do you think will end up higher on the all-time NYR goal list, Mika Kreider or somebody else? I think it ends up being Mika. As I, it's intriguing, though, because... So Mika, again, just looking at it, is like 60-ish goals behind Kreider. And that means Mika has to make up... It's not impossible... But Mika essentially has to outscore Kreider by 10-plus each year over the next six years. It's If you had asked me this question before this two-year 80-plus goal breakout we've enjoyed from Chris Kreider, I would have said Mika would probably be able to pass him in two years. But now, like, considering full health, I don't know. It might be tough for Mika to get past Kreider. It's one yeah. of the best oh no! These two oh, guys are scoring so much. The other, they're so yeah. Sick. This is going to be me so every good. every uh, five days when like it it's going to happen seven hundred times this season. Verlander's going to start and he's going to set one number, and then since Scherzer's right behind him on the all time strikeout list, Scherzer's going to pass him, and it's going to be something Gary Cohen is going to like gleefully do with a hard dick every time these two are doing it. He's just going to be like, well, today it's Verlander. He got nine. So you can pencil Scherzer in for 12 tomorrow. By the way, he's not the only one that's going to be hard. I'm going to be fucking rolling in it every fucking time. These guys are doing it. By the way, fuck you, Jacob DeGrom. Just want to make that point out there. Little pussy bitch. Uh, NYR, NYR, 15, uh, wrote an entire algorithm on how we should redo the playoffs. And I, he actually says this. I'm sorry for the length and any confusion of this question. Okay. I will not be reading it. Because he right. says, I take no offense. Um, Boo Gunner, congrats. Relates yeah, to Southampton. Very nice. Uh, this is from Nick D. Lots of talk about writers and Penguins fans wanting Sullivan to be fired. If we get rid of Gallant, is Sullivan the best option available? I meant to bring this up with Jesse. And I'm a little angry that I didn't. It's interesting. I, Sullivan to me is still... I just wonder if... I think the difference between a truly great coach and a just truly very good coach is that a great coach's message never gets stale. Like, that's what I think the difference between a Brindamore and a John Cooper is from a Mike Sullivan, where even if you just keep... I think you're, I think you're so spot on with this. I just want to give you kudos ahead of time. because that's Yeah, I, I, it's not that... And, I, you know, it's not that, like, Sullivan is not a bad coach. To me, he's top five. But I just wonder if his message has gotten stale and the team has stopped responding to it. And I think I, I think that's what makes it so hard to be truly great at coaching, where it doesn't matter how many years that you're playing under Brindamore or Cooper, but they are able to it's not even that they have to change the message. It's it's they're changing how it's being heard and being implemented. And I just wonder to answer this question, yes, I would take Mike Sullivan, but I would take it kind of feeling like there's a five-year window there where it has to happen before things just 
are going to start getting sour. It's from Brett Lee. 50 for Mika, question mark? Don't think he gets to 50. I think he yeah, gets what's to like he at now? Like, Did I see 40, 37? I think he's at, I think he's at 38. Yeah, be that a goal a game for the rest of the season? Uh, in the Nashville game, he got his 37. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't get to 50 because I'm a firm believer that uh, I've said this on the pod before, like save some runs for tomorrow kind of deal. Don't waste them. So Don't like, waste if, them. if Mika's going to get 50 on the season, maybe take a couple days off here and save the next 13 for the playoffs. This is from uh, Tagda Seamus. told me to say his oh, name yeah. today. No, that did not anyway, Bigger measuring stick mini series. This past week against the Pens or this week against the Canes? This past week against the Pens. It's not even close. It's it, The team needed to wake up in a lot of ways, and the Penguins set them on fire, and then they put the Penguins to bed. I don't really... At this point, we talked about earlier, we're kind of locked into that Devil series unless the Rangers really go... But again, it's not even the Rangers going to bad shit. It's, you, you need one of or both of the, the Hurricanes and the Devils to too. shit the bed. No, it was a way bigger measure stick against the uh, Penguins. And this is the final question, and I swear I didn't read this earlier, and we already did this. It's from Matt Jackson. If you have time, could you predict the next five games for the Canes, Devils, and Rangers, Mike and the Magdog style? Okay. <laughs> Done. Yeah, it, it's just, cool. it's hard. With, like, if the Devils go 6-6, six and six, the Rangers have to essentially go 9-3. and three. And while that's not impossible, yep. it is unlikely. Agreed. All right, let's go to our, our interview with Jesse Marshall. We'll talk about the Penguins and their uh, sort of downfall there and what his thoughts on the Rangers. And then uh, we'll be back with BSBOT on Thursday night. So we will see you then. Transition. Hey, yo, it's time for me to tell you about TickPick, our official ticket sponsor of Blue Shirts Breakaway. Not only are we friends with TickPick, but we use TickPick all the time. Hashtag no fees, by the way. And you could have gone to a Ranger game this weekend, and you know what you would have seen? You would have seen either Nashville or the Pittsburgh Penguins get absolutely dismantled by the New York Rangers. And you could have done that by going to TickPick on the app, and if you use the code BLUESHIRTS, you could have got $15 off your first purchase to go to those games to watch the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Nashville Predators get absolutely destroyed by the New York Rangers. You could have done that on TickPick. It would have been easy. All you would have had to done is go to TickPick, go to the app, it would have listed out the scores and said, a plus, this is a great deal. This section right here, this price is so good. It's it's so easy for you to see. They're in order. And by the way, the price you see is the price you get. So when you check out, not like other ticket websites, it's the same price. That's it. So use TickPick, code blue shirts. That's the promo code. Super easy. We're called Blue Shirts Breakaway. The promo is called Blue Shirts. You get $15 off your first purchase in the TickPick app. Tell them we sent you. Let's go Rangers. Go see a game. And we're back with our first guest of the day. We have our dear friend, Jesse Marshall, who covers the Pittsburgh Penguins and has for many, many years. Uh, I'm not not going to get into it, but I will say today for lunch, I took out leftovers from last week, and I ate a piece of bread, and I looked at it, and it had some mold spots in it, and I spit it out. And I said to myself, this must be what Penguins fans feel like. Any thoughts? <laughs> uh, I don't... Moldy... It's not moldy bread. Um... It's more like it's more like I paid not me personally, but like you pay really good money to go to like this five star dining experience, um, and you have like this unbelievable main course which is really good, but they're serving you like water from like a still oh. puddle outside, and the appetizers are just like that's the moldy bread. Um, so the main course has been great, 
Um, like, it's it's crazy to watch. For instance, like Sidney Crosby, you know, go to one point two points per game clip this year at thirty five. You know, um, Malkin shut a lot of the xenophobic Russian haters in Pittsburgh up. They don't have anything to say about him this year because he's been phenomenal. Chris Letang has been great. Um, I know people are going to point as plus minus, but plus minus is a stupid goaltending stat. So shut up. Um, everything else sucks. Everything else else really sucks. And then like you had this, this, you know, this big push at the deadline where Ron Hextall went out and like brought in a bunch of other players who also aren't very good. So like, you you know, his, his sort of swing and a a sort of attempt, I guess you could say it, you know, addressing the, the, the lack of depth, um, you know, some of the stuff that's popped up throughout the year, the, the bottom six is horrible, um, you know, that that was all a swing and a miss, too. So I think everybody is sort of like there's a real frustration in, in like watching these generational talents continue to be really good and then watch everything else just go, you know, um, you know, completely awry. Yeah, uh, Jesse, there. the last time we talked to you, the tenor was Ranger fans hate Penguin fans. Penguins media hates Jacob Truba. And the vibe was that. It almost felt like this last ride, one last hurrah, anything could happen. Let's see what, like, going into the first of these three Ranger-Penguin games, I think most Ranger fans were thinking, oh my god, are we going to have to worry about being a wildcard team? Uh, And now, just one week later, um, not only are the Ranger fans hoping they win the Metro, but it almost feels like the Rangers put close the window on the Penguins a little bit, because... All the stories I'm seeing now is, do they need to move on from Mike Sullivan? Do they have a crisis of confidence in their front office? Is the, Has the window, has time passed his team by? Are they locked into contracts they can't get out of? It, it feels like, I mean, a lot of this season for a lot of teams has been Helter Skelter and Jekyll and Hyde. But the swing in the momentum from where we were as recently as last two weeks ago with what the Penguins could do and what they could be, and the reality we are living in now, it's hard to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, that's that's accurate. I think that um, you know, it, it's it's the t- it, the tenor of the team has definitely changed. Um, you know, going into the deadline, there was there was a real discerning need for help for the top six to this group. Uh, you know, maybe even defensively as well. You know, like Brian Dumoulin, who's been a real institution for the Penguins since he came over in the George Stahl trade, uh, has been rough. It's been bad. Uh, there's no other way to really paint it. And I, and I think there, you're, you're, we have a two-handed problem here right now. I think on one hand, the general manager, Jesse? and I'll throw this at you guys. Here's okay. a little tasty tidbit in the league who doesn't travel with his team on road games. Right? Okay. Totally. Just, just I, you, you almost get the sense like, I think people in Pittsburgh are sort of saying, like, where are you? <laughs> you know, you're not in front of the media. You know, you're this hypervigilant Jim Rutherford guy who would give, you know, was way too public probably in his doings. Um, you go from that to like Ron Hex, who's not a, with a team on the road. Uh, he doesn't appear in front of the media. So he couldn't present a written plan of his of his thoughts to FSG when they asked for it earlier this year because he said it was all in his head. No one trusts what's happening right now. And I think when you combine that with like Mike Sullivan, who's you know, we've talked about on this show multiple times with somebody that I think is one of the top three to five coaches in the NHL. You almost get the sense like he's compounding some of these issues, right? Because like, I think he's been intensely loyal to players that he's won with or older veteran players 
who are providing net negative value to the lineup. And like Jeff Carter, you hear Penguins fans probably complain about more than anybody. You know, he's out there at the late stage of a third period game taking a defensive zone draw. And then Mike Sullivan, so well, he's sixth in the league in faceoffs. Yeah, but everything after that sucks. So like, what does what good is winning the draw if you're playing five on four? So I think it's it's both. Right? The G, there's frustration for the GM who pigeonholed this team into this position, but then there's frustration with the coach who's not really doing a whole lot from our perception anyway, from the public's perception, to change the trajectory of where the GM has put them. So it's it's everybody feels stuck as a result, and, and you see a lot of sentiment right now. It's when a new guy comes in. Um, they need to just clean house. Everybody's got to go, right? Like the, the sentimentality has ruined the coaching side almost. And then the GM is just out to lunch. Uh, so you almost get the sense of like, we're in this very critical time where Crosby and Malkin are still very good. And you could still, you, you could still ride them to a championship potentially, but the, the, the surrounding cast just isn't good enough to make that happen. So I have a quick question. So they presented or FSG asked him like, Hey, could you put a plan on paper? And he yes. said, he said, no, it's in my head. And they said, yeah, cool. You're still hired or you're still. No, no. Here? This So, so FSG <laughs> like, Ron Hextall, Ron Hextall is already the GM at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. He'd already been here. FSG completes the purchase of the penguins yep. and they're doing an assessment on whether or not they want to keep the staff. Right. Like they inherited the staff and they said to him, we'd like to have a written vision from you. On paper, this is from my colleagues, Rob and Josh at The Athletic. And he said, why? I don't, he, he was reticent and, you know, didn't want to give that up because he said it's all up here, you know, pointing at the temple. Um, they eventually did get it from him. But does that instill a lot of confidence in you? And, and here's another question I'll throw at you guys. This is rhetorical, but a lot of people in Pittsburgh are asking how invested FSG is in this, right? Because they're not allowed, they're not around a lot. You know, I, I criticize Hextall for not being on the road with the team. Is the, I don't know how invested FSG is in what's going on with the Penguins right now either. You know, I'm not sure I, how uh, to speak to that as someone who follows Liverpool pretty intensely. I'm not sure how around FSG is for any of their organizations. Yeah, go, I mean, right? we're big yeah, baseball. We don't know that yeah, we're big baseball guys, and they are the Fenway Sports Group, and they are absent in Boston. So yeah, they there care. You go. The only thing they care about currently is an NBA team in Vegas in 2024. That's I don't, and 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 not being around doesn't mean not paying attention. Right. I think that the, the general vibe in Pittsburgh is we don't know. Right. And that uncertainty, you know, with Mario was there every night. Right. Every night pounding a couple glasses of wine up in the box like a boss wearing a power suit. Just an unbelievable print every night. What like what, you know, who are these guys? Are they paying attention? Like, are they up, as upset with this as everybody else is? We, we just don't know. And I think that, you know, you know, Mario would get upset. But now he's not in a position to make these decisions anymore. And it's like, where are we? Where does I, this leave us? I could do 25 minutes on FSG. So maybe we send that for another time in yeah. our lives. Um, <laughs> but I do want to kind of go through the week in what was possibly, uh, I don't know if this is one of the biggest spirals Penguins fans have gone through. Because let's be honest, you've had it good for a long time. And this week, it, it's unfortunate for Penguins fans and good for Ranger fans. But it was like rivalry week was what they were calling it. We get to play ourselves or, or each other three times. In the first game, the Penguins win in overtime. Well-deserved, well-played game. Thought both sides played hard. It, it, clearly bad blood between both teams. Then the Rangers kind of take one away, win 4-2. But they they do win it uh, handedly. And then the 7-0, uh, or sorry, 6-0. I'm thinking about the National Predators. Uh, 6-0 um, disaster class. Like, what was, like, the, the mindset in Pittsburgh and through the Pittsburgh uh, fan base where it's like, it wouldn't have been so bad, but it was the Rangers three times. 
Right. Yeah. And the middle one was the one I think people were really frustrated with because the deserve to win a meter on that one. Well, I guess really on the first one, too, you know, if you look at like from an expected goals perspective. Just to stop you for a second, Jesse. Deserve to win on meter has been not the Rangers friends. It gave the Predators a 57% chance to win versus last night in a 6 0 game. So, yeah. Um, well, just really from an expected goals perspective, like the Penguins were okay in even strength, right? They didn't finish. Igor is really good. Uh, surprise. Uh, and what really stinks, though, is like go back and go back to yesterday, like Mika's first goal, like Mika Zibanejad's first goal. That's not an NHL quality goal to allow, right? This is not like, is it, like, and I think this like so you know I'm like harping on the GM the whole time, but like goaltending has been an issue for in Pittsburgh, and you guys know this going back to last year. Nobody knows that better than Rangers fans. Look at that first round series, right? Like, look at what happened, like Louis Domingue, right? Spicy pork. So. No, at no point was goaltending addressed. You know, Tristan Jari's been wholly unreliable in the postseason. Uh, got one game in hurt last year. Hasn't stayed healthy at any point in his career. We're going to ride him. Look at where you're at now. He's nursing a chronic injury <laughs> that is clearly, I think, affecting his ability to go up and down. Because if you look at that Mika goal, that was a weak backhander from the slot that Jeff Carter, by the way, completely peeled off of. And left Mika Zibanejad <laughs> wide open in the slot. Always a good idea. Um, and then as a, you know, he, me getting it all of it, right? Like he, he, he got some of it, but it wasn't all of it. Right. And it took Tristan Jari five years to get down to the ice. And it, you look at the rest of that night and it's like, you know, the, some of those goals shouldn't be going in. And, and it, you know, the failure to address Casey DeSmith is not a starter, right? He's not. And they keep ending up in situations where they have to make Casey DeSmith the starter. And then everyone sits around and looks at each other like, wow, I can't believe he's not able to do this. <laughs> He's never been able to do it. Uh, but you keep ending up in the situation. You've done your solution to it was to bring in Dustin Tokarski. Let me right. tell you guys, surprisingly, Dustin Tokarski hasn't been the solution to the problem. He's not so, Georgiev, you know, like Georgiev, yeah. at least, uh, uh, Georgiev we, we clowned on him, but he did have the ability in him where Smith does not have that. No, he doesn't. Um, and, and, you know, I was talking to Charlie O'Connor, you guys probably know from the athletic um, who covers the flyers. Mm-hmm. When, when Ron Hextall got hired by the Penguins, I called Charlie and I immediately was like, tell me the dirt. Like, what are we, what's, what are we getting into here? And Char- one of the things that stuck in my brain, and I can hear Charlie saying it to me, he goes, Ron Hextall will look at problems and decide that they're not problems, right? And he just has solely personally decided that this isn't an issue. And you really get that vibe with this goaltending thing, you know? Does, uh, doesn't ahead. that, well, doesn't that kind of summarize Ron Hextall's playing career? Perfectly. Like if you have, if Ron Hextall is your starting goalie, eh, it's probably not the biggest problem in the world, but it's also probably not enough to ever get you over the hump. And I think he's just heard that his entire life and he's made it a working philosophy. What's so funny about that, Greg, is like he was this, you know, I remember Paul Steigerwald telling me that uh, back in the 80s, in the 89 specifically, Ron would sit in the locker room before games and yell out these primal screams, right? So he'd be like padding up. And just letting out these guttural noises, like getting himself in like quote unquote warrior mode. And now he's the most scared general manager of the national hockey. Like, like, you know, let me throw this at you guys. Like, you know, I, my, everybody knows Mike Sullivan loves Jacob Chikrin. Everyone knows this, not a secret. Mike Sullivan, happy to talk about Jacob Chikrin anytime you bring his name up, <laughs> glowing like a son, right? Like he's his own child. The Penguins paid a second round pick for Mikhail Granlin to come here and do nothing in the bottom six. They could have ponied up another couple picks and got Jacob Chikorin. And then now this Marcus Pedersen injury, which is going to devastate them, by the way, 
Um, a lot of people in New York may not know this, but Marcus Pedersen has been the Penguins' best defenseman this year. Kid you not, most consistent, and really the only one they have that can actually play defense. Big deal. So you could have gone out and got that asset, uh, but you know he's kind of dipped his toe in the deep end and the shallow end at the same time. I brought Crosby back, Malkin, Raquel, Latang, brought all these players back, but I don't want to sacrifice picks because I got to build for the future. What future? If you brought these players back, the fu- this is the only future you have. You don't have a future. There, this cupboard is bare. Wilkes Bear is staffed with Triple A talent that's really good AHL talent that'll never play in the NHL. It's just to keep Wilkes Bear afloat, right? That's what the team is. You know, it's like it's not a team rife with young prospects that are like killing it, and you're going to call them up to the league in a couple of years. That doesn't exist down there. Um, so you can't have it both ways. You can't want to protect a future that doesn't exist and then also make these decisions to bring all these players back, you know, it leaves you in a, in a real limbo. Yeah. I, if you can, if you are saying that you could have taken on a hundred percent of Chikrin's salary and made it work, I, I fully believe you. I just, every time, especially when we're talking to a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm just going to go back to what Julian Breezebois said at the deadline, which is like, listen, these first round picks I'm trading will not help this window. So I, I need to use these first round picks to go get me players who can help me win right now. Cause this is when we can win and I'll worry about 2026 in 2026. And I just, I think of that mindset. I listen, I, I prospect hugging. I think has reached uh, a Zenith. Neil's I, I think it's healthy scratch for five straight games in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. But I just, no, but not, but not just that Ryan. I mean, we, we, you and I do it in every sport prospect hugging. I think it's, we, we, we have all this information. We have all this these ways to watch games outside of our favorite leagues where we start to attach feelings to beliefs what players could possibly be that we forget every now and then. You just have to fucking win right now before you can think about winning three in a row. And yeah. I, I just the, – the Lightning, I, I hate giving them credit because there are a whole bunch of cheaters, but Breezebois' comments at the deadline being like, I don't care – if this first round pick is an overpayment for Kale Yarncrook, he can help me win right now, which yeah. other people can't. That was and that Tanner, you know, that was the most picks ever assembled in, for one player in the history of a of a trade. Like nobody had ever been traded for that many picks before ever before this year, which is crazy to think about because he's a depth player. But what is he has Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov? Who cares? You know, what I mean? look at him now; he's feasting already. This is a you know, this isn't this is a, a totally different game changer for him, but. Uh, you know, for, they went out, and then, uh, one last thing about Hextall. Look at all the moves he had to undo that he just did, leading up to the deadline to get himself in a position where he even was able to make these moves. Like Brock McGinn and Casper Kapanen. Who brought those guys here? Ron Hextall. So, <laughs> so Drury did something similar at the beginning of his tenure, but it was his first time ever being a GM, which I think gives him you can apologize. For, yeah, leeway. yeah, he got brought yeah. in Nemeth. He was like, all right, that was that. My bad. Heads up. Like I traded Buchnevich. He thought he had Eichel. Okay, cool. Heads up. Uh, the Goodrow thing, we'll see how it plays out. But those were the first three moves he made. And everything after that has just been just A-plus banana land. It's been unbelievable. And I mean, you know, I don't know what will happen next with this team. I know a lot of people, you know, my personal concern about their ability to make the playoffs is at an all-time high with the Pedersen injury. Uh, but that being said, like, you have to acknowledge the fact, and I don't know that you necessarily saw it this weekend necessarily. If you're a Rangers fan, you might hear my next comment and be like, what is this guy talking about? But on the whole, uh, Crosby and Malkin have been so good 
Um, you know, Crosby will probably knock on wood, you know, if no, God dude, forbid. No, no one's saying that. Like, we we hate Sidney Crosby, but there was one play where he unpantsed Keandre Miller, who, by the way, had the highest game score of the season against Nashville. So it, Crosby's just another level. He's He has our respect, even if we hate him. They could do it. You know, this team may be rough and, and have its holes, and it has a lot of them. But those two have been so good. Jason Zucker has been so good. Ricard Raquel has been so good. Like these really important. I hate Gensel. I hate him. Why? Can I ask why? <laughs> yeah, he's just a guy I would love if he was on my team. He's a yeah, pest that's fair. who's yeah. really, really annoying, and his his job is to get under people's skin, and he does he's a great a, job at it. He's a piece of shit who can score. Yep. His dad's, you know, I, mean, I don't know if people know this. He's a really accomplished NCAA head coach, uh, formerly of Nebraska Omaha, uh, who now is a scout, I believe, with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, and I, you, he has that dad brain, like his dad's coach brain. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who have come through Pittsburgh and, you know, Marion Hosa played with Sidney Crosby for a spell, long list of players. I think Gensel is the best winger Crosby's ever had uh, because it accentuates his skill level so much to have somebody who can like stalk that open space who doesn't need a lot of time to get a shot off, who can dangle. Uh, Gensel has the, I think the only, one of the only players who could ever match, not match, but get close to matching Crosby's IQ. I think they see the game Similar ways, and, and Cro- the difficult part of playing with Sidney Crosby is he's hyper vigilant in his feedback. So he's giving you feedback on stuff that you were probably doing, and you didn't even realize you were doing it. Like, he's like, what? I'm like, Chris Kunitz used to say that all the time. He was like, he gives me these feedback on my shifts where I was just like, I don't, I don't even know what he's talking about. You know, he <laughs> spent nine minutes explaining it to me. So you have to, you, so having somebody that can match that, I think, is really rare. And, um, the Gensel, you know, Crosby Raquel combination has been one of the better lines in the NHL this season, um, up and down, obviously. But uh, the Raquel edition has been huge for the Penguins. And it's really, realistically, I think you could sit down and we could say that's probably the only good move Ron Hextall's made in his tenure as Penguins GM is bringing him here and re-signing him uh, and finding a way to do that. Um, that's That's been the – wherever he's gone, guys, that's where the Penguins have had success. So it's not hard. And you saw it, you know, I think this weekend he had a couple really prime scoring chances. He yeah, just, he he's a crash-and-bang player who really is good at opening space up. Um, well, Jesse, you, uh, you're in this unique position where you have essentially seen this exact Ranger team playing this well about as much as Ryan and I have because of the way the schedule has worked and the way the Rangers were fielding lineups up until about a week ago. So in your honest, non-biased, probably hates the Rangers opinion, your thoughts on what this team can do, where they're going, what to expect moving forward. I think the challenge that they present to a lot of really good defensive teams is, and I'm talking about breakout now. I'm getting like new, you know, talk about five on five breakout. They're so fast up ice, right? Their wingers are so fast. They break so fast and they have this innate sense of when to release. What I mean by that is like, if there's a 50, 50 puck battle on the wall, the Rangers wingers more often than not make the right decision on when they can jump and sneak behind everybody. Good defensive teams, like Boston, for instance, right? You have to respect that. Now, head-to-head, the Rangers and the Bruins, line-by-line, defense-by-defense, Boston's a better team, right? But I, and I'm, the only reason I'm saying this is I'm trying to give you my fit on where the Rangers We're not going to argue with you that Boston is yeah. a better team. Yeah, I'm just trying to say where the not Rangers a, fit. Not a, not a hot take that the best team in hockey is the best team in hockey. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right, but... but you, the only way you can really go counter with that is to, to force them to play in a style that's uncomfortable for them, right? That's hard to do. But I think one way to do it is to have 
particular speed like the Rangers have and a particular way of playing your breakout that challenges the other team's defense and forces them to back up a little bit and think twice about what they're doing. Uh, you have the same effect with Carolina. Carolina is a very heavy forecheck. You burn them once or twice, they have to think twice about what they're doing. So this is all to say, like top, I think the New York Rangers are a team that, for me, could get to the Eastern Conference Final very easily and get in a position where they go with one of these big heavyweights in the East. Now what happens, right? Like that's the big question. What happens next? So I think if they can comfortably not be in a wild card position, that's their best option for them, right? Uh, get into that divisional round, take care of business and move on. Um, I think the thing is, is, you know, can they get over the hurdle of like these big heavy hitters in the East, the Boston, the Carolinas, uh, the teams that sit up at the top of their divisions, like where do they stack up with them? Um, I think their best bet is to be who they are. Uh, I, and it sounds crazy to say that, but I know you guys have struggled. In, and I'm, don't, I'm paraphrasing. I know there's been some frustration on your end of like letting the ponies play. Like let, the, let your shooters shoot, right? Don't try to be this defensive team that you're not. Um, I just, that's where I'm at with the Rangers. If they go out and they let, they let the kids play, they let their shooters shoot, they let these guys play offense and chomp at the bit a little bit, uh, that's going to that's gonna force other teams to respect them and play them differently. In that situation with the goaltending that you have, flip a coin sometimes, right? Like anything can happen. So, uh, I, you know, it's going to be tough to get to the cup final, right? That's the hard part is, is, is beating these big, tough legacy teams. Uh, but they, they have, I think, the gumption, the breakout, and the goaltending to do it. There's so many elite teams in the East this year. and It's, it's disgusting. It's literally a hellhole. Other than Boston, who's the team you're most afraid of? Carolina, for sure. Really? You know, still? Yeah, you know, here's why. Because, you know, the tempo and intensity of the playoffs changes, right? It's well, a different you style of game. very well know this. This is why I defend Jacob Truba to the day. Like, <laughs> I, I think I understand his contract is so goddamn high. I get what he doesn't provide. I think he's been sick the past three weeks, to be honest. But in the in the playoffs is when you really need him. You really this need him. hockey today, and we're blessed for this, I think, in this day and age, is all about how heavy you can make your forecheck and how, how much can you attack the other team at their point of breakout and make them uncomfortable, right? Force them to make decisions that they don't like. There's not a lot of teams in the league doing that better than Carolina. Uh, I think that that suits a playoff style of game. Um, and I think that they're going to be a very difficult out because they play like sort of the equivalent of a full court press in hockey, right? They're up there and they're in your face. Um, they've got guys on your on your defensemen. Uh, it's really hard. You have to have good skating defense, and the Rangers obviously do. You have to have good skating defense and be able to just not even try to pass their way out of that. Just move it themselves. That's the best way to beat the system. It's so um, funny. Like I'm so much more scared of Pittsburgh Penguins. Why? Than the Carolina. As, Jesse, as you were Guys. saying it, I don't. There isn't a team in the National Hockey League I respect less in terms of <laughs> that team scares me than the Carolina Hurricanes. Like the Penguins could have the Penguins could have seven wins right now, and they could be like grandfathered into the playoffs. And Ryan and I would have 15-minute conversations about, listen, you got to respect Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, like, they, they could do they've it. Done anyway. it. Like, they've done it before. They'll do it yeah. again. Their yeah, names are on the fair. cup for a reason, blah, blah, blah. And the, the, the Hurricanes – my grandmother's playing goal for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jesse, the Hurricanes could be undefeated at this point in the season, 140 points on a complete ripper. And I'd be there like, yeah, I could take them in seven. I Not really worried about it. Who has this? What's the source of that, though? Because they've I, won in Hank, your lifetime, right? They Hank, won a cup when we were younger. Yeah, but Hank, Hank, Hank dicked them down my entire life. Yeah, like the yeah. Hurricanes, 
outside of a bubble playoff that I don't give two shits about and gifted the Rangers Alexi Lafreniere, the Carolina Hurricanes have never been able to beat the New York Rangers. It is, yeah. It's like, imagine being an Atlanta Brave fan your entire life and the Mets having to, like, I never thought the Mets could beat the Braves. And I'm sure that's how Hurricane fans, well, there aren't any, but if there were, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll say it. Give Hartford back its hockey team, you fucking nobodies. <laughs> hey, you guys know how I feel growing up now. Uh, all those years the Penguins play, made the playoffs with the Lemieux era, seven of the 11 years that they made it in a row, they beat the Capitals. And both times when they won a cup, fast forward to the Crosby era. You're going to a whole new era now, right? New generational talents. They did it again. Ovechkin has only beat Crosby in the playoffs one time on his way to his 2018 cup. Crosby's won three cups, beat the Caps every time the whole way there. So I think that what's 11, yes, so 10 and two all time, the Capitals are against the Penguins in the playoffs. Um, I just grew up, you know, pretending like as a kid, you know, like all the little Penguins fans in Amherst, we all pretended to be beating up on the Capitals every spring because it was like, that's what we were used to growing up. Well, we also helped with that. <laughs> we True. Yeah. them two times as well. It was a very good time. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I get that on paper that I should be always worried about the Hurricanes, but even with a healthy Svechnikov, I would have thought the Rangers I'd I'd honestly I'm not afraid of the New Jersey Devils. I just consider the Hurricanes an automatic win that I'd rather have them in round one. The Devils are tough because they're again, their goaltending stinks, right? So for as terrifying as they might be offensively and they are, and I think they're for as good as Boston can hit you with a cycle, like that New Jersey, they, they play – the Devils play from behind the net so well. They're just so good at it. They dominate that area. Can I just old man front. take it though? Like I just want to see them do it before I believe it at all. Like I, I just – But the, yeah, right, that's so, the thing is like at the end of the day, they're starting to totally Vanacek, dude. Like, it's what a totally is, different game. I don't yeah. know, but I, I'm, I'm almost I, – I understand that point, Ryan. I'm, I'm probably the yin to that yang where I think they're too young and stupid to know any better, and that makes them terrifying to me. That's true too. There's that element of it. Like, the, when, when it's everybody's first time, essentially, then they're just like, Fuck it. there's no moment too big for him because that's the big moment. Yeah. Whereas, had they have done See, it... I'm going to challenge you on that, though, Greg, because I feel like every good young team has to have a baptism by fire. You know what I mean? Where they go in and they just get crushed. Like, the Senators beat the Penguins in five games, like Crosby's first year in the playoffs. Um, although, I guess, like, the Rangers, like... Their young kids haven't really had that experience, have they? No, the Ra- they got to a Eastern Conference final right. last year. Right. Two, two they, they were Shut about up. to go three zero, and uh, good yeah. goes wide. That's and it, you know what, so. Jesse? Again, how they got to that Eastern Conference final? We beat the, the fucking Hurricanes. Yeah, like I just did, don't yeah. take them serious. Yeah. And that it was a full strength Hurricanes team where they should have simply been better. And the Rangers and then they like, took Trocheck from that team. They lost Pacioretty <laughs> and Shvestikov. Like that is that is serious loss. Yeah, I, I think if, if you put if you were just to pool every player together on every team, I think the three players that would three of the top four players that would scare you the most between the Hurricanes and the Devils all play for the for the Devils. I'd put Hughes, Meyer, and Dougie Hamilton as four and then like wherever you want to put Sebastian Ajo in there, you can do it. But the Devils have three of the top four players. I I'm convinced it would be a five-game series against Carolina. Like, I am so much more invested win. in a Carolina Rangers series now because of the te- of the Greg takes of the day. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, almost, yeah, like, no, looking, I'm... I'm almost looking forward to it because, like, what if Carolina wins? Like, what would that do to Greg emotionally? Like, what would happen? Like, It'll be all right. I'd, 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 be, I'd be fine because, again, who am I going to hear it from? They don't have anybody I need to be worried about. Yeah, you guys can live through the Mets. You could live through anything. 
I'm not a Mets fan. Jesse, thank you so much. I do have to get going on my end. Um, we could do this for another hour. Why don't you plug what you do and we'll get out of here. Uh, yeah, McKean's Hockey and the Athletic. I cover the Penguins, the Athletic, and for the McKean's, I'm talking about the NHL in general. Awesome. Jesse, stay on for just one second. Thanks, everybody. Hey, it's the end of the show, so you know what I do now? I read 100 names of people who keep this show going every single week. It's like the credits, but I read them, and I can't read. Isn't that fun? I think it's kind of fun. So without further ado, let me thank the NHL insiders who are part of our Patreon who enjoyed a very lovely week of being New York Ranger fans. And bear with me as I mess everyone's name up. Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cattula, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Gardner, Alexander, Amber Coensberger, Andrew Ronner, Anthony Montoro. I think that's the, I definitely have said that every other way, every week. Doesn't ever make sense to me. It's okay. And Mont Maduro. Maduro. Anthony Tarragona, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Allison, Bill Rocco, Rattel? Why Rackel? What is wrong with me? Bill Rattel, I don't re-record these. Billy Huff, Brandon Lacos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger. You wouldn't like if I recorded them anyway. Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mal, Chris Finelli. Chris Haru, CJ Stellwag, Conrad Pudemich, Daniel Delaney, Daniel Dazan, David Narrative, David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Darian, Eric Stagg, Give Carter a cup, Garrett Reyes, Gregory Cutsick McFly, Hayek, White Burst Happened Before Ryan Watch Miracles, Still Haven't Watched It, Handel, Harris Nasco, Hippie Pity Not, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jack Bagley, who I don't call Bagel, James Masker, Jerry Marquez, Jason Zabransky, J Citron 40, JD, going to the next page, it is loading, John Jacques, Francoise, Jean Jean. Hope you had a good time at the week. Uh, the game this, this. I hope you had a good time at the game this weekend, buddy. Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Joshua Zarkin, Justin Freeman, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, L- Lashik Gronowski. Nice, nice. Libras Kayak, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Mark Popic. It's really fun to say Popic. It's just like a. It's a really enjoyable. Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kai, Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Manascu, Mancuso. Why did I read Manascu? What the hell is wrong with me? Mancuso, Mike Posternak, Mike Smith, Nate Hanafi, Neil Grover, Nicholas D. Nicola, Opie, Pascal Perrier, pa- Paul J. Smith, pa- Pavel Kodra, pa- PJ Sisbaro, a lot of P's, Pro World Tech Scammer, Randy Tesser, Samo, Scottish Grant, Sean Taggart, Stig Bullbach, Swangart, Tag- Tagda, Seamus? The first name is killing me. We, we, I, Seamus, we're down. We got it. We got to figure out the first name, Taga. We're going to get it. The Drop BK, Tommy Seclary, Tommy, Tom T. Deshi. <laughs> Tom T. Deshi. Deshi. T. Deshi. Why is that so hard? What is wrong with me? I'm crying into my own shirt. Tommy O'Neill, Tori for that, Tristan Wells, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, Will Specter, and Winston. Bark, 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 bark. The Golden Retriever. I hope you all had a wonderful week as I did watching the Rangers. Do exactly what they did. Please enjoy it. Please. And they play the Carolina Hurricanes two more games. Don't tell Greg. I'm recording without him. He can't hear me. But they can win the division. Don't tell him. I think they can do it. I think it's possible. Why not us? Why not us? I believe it. All right. Anyway, um, not that I'm going crazy, but I am. We'll be back later this week with PSBOT, as I talked about earlier, on Thursday. We'll cover the both Hurricane games there with some live reaction after the post game, And we'll be back next week to cover this fantastical, and hopefully deep running Rangers team. Love you guys.